We've got some hey, I'm Luis, and I'm Luis, and you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. We spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn more on how to turn your content into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guys, today, hypnotist and my reader teach us the mindset of email marketing. Yes. That, that sounds super interesting. I love it. I, I, I can't wait. Um, uh, earlier, I told Fonzie, should this be the title? And he's like, yes, I want to be like hypnotized. I mean, yeah. So we'll see if that happens. We'll I'm not going to lie. There's two <laughs> topics here that I love. Email marketing. I, I, and honestly, I don't I don't feel I know much about it. So I'm super curious to to dig into it. And obviously all that hypnotism mind reading. Mindset, I, baby. Yeah, all right, let's that, go. That's pretty cool. Before we get started, guys, please don't forget, go ahead and subscribe to the Content is Profit podcast. Hit smash that subscribe button. And uh, follow us on social media, at Go. Send us a DM. We're happy to respond. That's right, guys. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am sure you will, don't forget to share with everybody and, and, Leave a five-star review. So I can't tell you how excited we are for today's 2v2 episode. A few episodes back, we had the pleasure to have Gavin Bell and his incredible accent on the show. Once we asked him who we should bring to the content is profit, he immediately introduced us to this incredible pair, also from the UK. That's right. Today's guests have an amazing background as hypnotists and mind readers and currently help hundreds, if not thousands of entrepreneurs understand the mindset behind email marketing. These email marketing heroes use their superpowers to provide solutions and a fresh new look to excel in the art of emailing your audience. They help, they help you create the game plan, get your first 5,000 subscribers, and have an incredible community called The League, where they teach how to make sales through psychology-driven email marketing and surveys. Mm. This is music to our ears. Oh, yeah. Oh, and this over a million dollars in online products. So I think they kind of know what they're doing. Definitely they know what they're doing. Guys, please welcome the Dave Hills of email marketing, the Lior Suchard of your email service, copy mind benders, and incredible handsome email marketing heroes, Rob and Kennedy! Well, if there was a prize for the best introduction <laughs> that we could possibly imagine. I, 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 wow. I, we need to, to come clean here. Right? We need to confess something. We had no idea who Dave Hills and Lior Sushar were. We Googled them so we could like put them in the, in the intro. <laughs> Do you guys know who they are? <laughs> That's the question. I think I'm I like, know who Le- I know Leo Sushar. <laughs> I know him very well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So we literally Googled like... The best hypnotists or mind readers in the world, and that's what happened. So, you know, I think it should be you guys. And again, this is probably not the topic of the show. We're going to dive into mindset and email marketing and, you know, what you guys learned in the past to to do what you guys do now. So, again, thank you guys for joining us. We're extremely excited to have you guys here. It's, It's an honor, really. 
Well, the first thing we've learned is that we need to work on our SEO for the best hypnotist and mind reader in the world. Because that should have been the Rob, that should have been the Robin Kennedy of email marketing. It's Robin Kennedy. There we go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, normally the intro Fonzi here is the one that you know does this beautiful thing. We call it the Fonzi Fight. And uh, today the pressure was on me, so I, I hope I did all right. I, I, think, I, I think you did, did pretty good. Yes, pretty good. Thank yeah. you. That was amazing. Uh, thank you. So, guys, tell us a little bit. You know, um, you know, who, who are you? Like why you guys do what you do, uh, why that background, and now why email marketing? This is exciting. That's, wow. that's a lot of questions. Something to do, isn't it? <laughs> you can Something choose one. Something to do. Um, yeah, our, our background is a little weird. Uh, we became friends about not far off 20 years ago. Um, we met at a convention, a conference for magicians, of all things, um, and entertainer folk. And, uh, and just hit it off and became friends. And I, I was working as I'm working as a stage hypnotist, traveling around the place, doing that. Kennedy touring around, performing events and after dinner banquets and that kind of thing as a, um, as a mind reader. And so we both work in the vein of what we call sort of psychological entertainment, if you like, but in totally different arenas, totally not com competition with each other at all in any sense. Uh, and so our stuff kind of works really well hand in hand. And along the way, whilst I'm off traveling around performing my show and Kennedy's off traveling around performing his show, totally independently, we realized that in order for that to work, we had to become good at business. You know, like when you're an entertainer, it is at the end of the day, learning branding, marketing, selling yourself. And most of the time when people go ahead and inquire and they give you their email address and they're interested in having you at their event, yeah, um, you, need to, you need to learn how to follow up with them. And, and email was the best way to do it. And so independently and without talking about it, we both became obsessed with the ability to convert prospects into customers of any description by email. And then one day after a couple of years of doing it, we swapped notes. This is probably in like 2009 or something like that. Oh. We like swapped notes and said, you know, I've spent a few years doing this email marketing thing. Kenny was like, so have I, we've got this thing called Aweber, which is what we were using at the time. <laughs> and I think it was the only one that existed for doing email marketing. And yeah, and we sort of swapped notes and that was it. And then years and years and years went by of working to not together in business, but like working together, swapping notes and yeah. testing stuff and trying stuff until a few years ago. It, it just made sense for us to start sharing this stuff. That's such a, a cool story, though. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the, yeah, like the origin of, of everything. It's like it became a passion for you guys. I feel like a lot of people's passion is like, you know, their business per se, like what they're doing and they they forget about the marketing side of it. Right. And I love how you guys fell into that and then organically just started sharing and, I mean, build what you guys have built yeah. nowadays, which is awesome. I, I think one of the things that you mentioned, uh, Rob, is super important for those listening, right? Like, uh, we go and we used to work with a lot of, like, brick and mortars. And uh, people see, like, their marketing as a totally foreign thing. Like, the communication with their audience is, like, totally external to them. And it's, like, it's sort of, such a vital part of, like, the business, right? It's, like, what brings people in. And you guys, even though you guys had that background that so, like many so many people don't see it maybe as like a brick and mortar business but but it is you guys are making a living out of it right. you immediately recognize that this is something that you guys had to start learning and start implementing right away like few years back and now look at what you guys have achieved and it's amazing so i think like that is a very important point to kind of like make that connection from the very beginning right and what's what's really amazing and what's 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 really kind of feels a little bit like we're cheating a bit because the skills <laughs> of marketing and email marketing and is is all about getting in people's heads so we literally 
didn't learn any new skills. Very few new skills. Yeah. We literally transplanted the skills of hypnotizing people, which means, you know, getting into their head and, and getting and influencing people. And also of reading them, of reading their minds and influencing them to do what I do. Yeah. We took those same skills and we just applied them. It's amazing how in our brain, psychologically speaking, we, we silo our information. There are amazing skills that we have that we use in different parts of our worlds and different parts of our lives that if we just pulled them all together, we'd be more success, successful. And that's all we've done. We've taken the things we've refined over nearly 20 years each to influence other people and decided, actually, email marketing does not need to be a numbers game. You do not need 100,000 people on your email list. In fact, if you've got that size list, you've probably got your own problems, truthfully, <laughs> because getting that to work is tricky, right? Yeah. It's uh, Whereas if you can just have more of a connection, more of an impact, imagine, like, imagine if people replied to your marketing emails with, Thank you. With that is brilliant. With I mean, we've a client, a client of ours, um, <laughs> Amy. Right, the other day she said she posted in our group saying, "I've started following your advice. I started emailing people every single day, which we'll get into in a minute. We started emailing people. I use the strategy you teach, and people are thanking me and saying how much they love." receiving my emails and they are marketing emails. Those mm. emails mm. have offers in them. So all of this is possible. It does not need to be a numbers game. You can actually yeah. have a deeper connection with people and they're just we're just using those very same skills. Oh, I, lo I love that. That is, it doesn't have to be a numbers game because that is one of people, I'll say that's like number one excuse for a lot of people. It's like, oh, but I don't have anybody on my list, right? Um, I mean, and you just pretty much knocked that, that excuse out of the park. I absolutely love it. And then I love, obviously, you know, I think I have a very specific question. Since you guys already were, you know, practicing with, you know, people's <laughs> minds and all that stuff, you guys have a background on that. I think that's fascinating. And my question is, how much is it a science and how much is it an art, the email copywriting? That's a great question. Um, how much is it a science and how much is it an art? I think it's... I think it's more art than science, actually, because I think a lot of the time you hear about the rules of email marketing. And a lot of the time, as long as you know what those rules are, then bending them and breaking them is totally, totally okay. So we hear rules all the time, like you shouldn't email your list too often because otherwise they'll get disengaged. We email our list 365 times a year minimum. I suppose it's technically more than that because sometimes we'll do three emails in a day if we're closing a promotion, but it's an absolute bottom line minimum of 365. Uh, and every single one of them has an offer to buy something in it. Uh, so again, the rules would say you can't email your list too often because they'll get fed up. So we broke that and said, nope, you should email your list more often. And I think so. I think I think there is a, a if you understand the basic rules of what makes people respond, what gets mm. people's interest, what gets people's curiosity, then you within that framework you have the flexibility to veer outside of those lanes and try new and exciting things. And I'm not an artist by any means, but I always think of artists as being people who break creative rules and like mm. go zany yeah. with things. So yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting question. I've never thought about it before. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually asking because I once was doing this copywriting course and it was also just broke down into like mm -hmm. the, the formulas, right? And I, and then I look back at the newsletters that I love reading 
And I'm like, dude, but these guys are so freaking creative, right? Like the way they write is it has nothing to do with those formulas. So it, it just got me thinking, right? A hundred percent, right? So Fonzie, one of the big things is that we don't teach people how to be clones of us, how to write emails like we write them. We don't teach you formulas. Like there are some formulas which kind of work, but what we really go into is whether we're talking about this on our podcast or whether we're talking about it in our program, whatever, we we talk about why that thing works. So you can then extrapolate the, the science behind it, the yeah. psychology behind it, and apply it because there's nothing worse. Like if you go and see a really bad actor, right? And he's like just reading the words to be or not to be. <laughs> yeah. That is the, like, it sounds awful and alien yeah. <laughs> coming out of his mouth. What we need to do is figure out the person they meet on the podcast, on the sh on the live show, at your mm -hmm. wherever they meet you, needs to be the same voice, needs to be the same person they read in the emails. So what we really obsess over is finding you, finding your personality, mm. finding yeah. how your voice comes through. So you can be, I'm going to say that vomity word. Here we go. Brace yourself. <laughs> Authentic. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, totally. I, I love I think, it. You know, when, when people start, I think I think when people start out with anything, it starts off being formulaic and that's perfectly okay. Yeah. yeah. Like performers, we, we find a lot of performers, they start off by emulating somebody else that they look up to and respect. Yeah. And then over time, and that's, that's okay. That's kind of natural. And then over yeah. time they find their own, they find their own groove with it. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, for sure, email marketers do that as well. Yeah, totally, totally relay like a 200% of the message that you guys are sharing right now because, you know, I, I feel like as we work with either content creators and people that want to get started in this world or they have their own business and they're, they're jumping in, they want uh, a fast, quick solution most of the time. It's like, I need it now, I need it now. And, and then when that doesn't work, then they blame the system, right? And sometimes we got to look inside of us and be like, okay, is this, am I putting the blame in something external or do I actually need to look inside of myself and be like, have I even tried different things than what they've said? Like that was a great base to get started because it motivated me or pushed me to take action. But now once I'm starting to take action, what are those things that I need to start implementing or changing or adapting to keep going? So I asked you that question, like once people get going, right. what are those things? So the, the big thing to begin with, with all of our businesses, right? And we talk about this on the email marketing show, our podcast, we talk about in our Facebook group, we talk about it everywhere is you, the strategy doesn't need to change. Yeah. The strategy almost never needs to change. The tactics of how you're achieving the strategy are the things you need to change. So if your strategy is we email daily, that is our strategy. The tactics of what you put in the emails, who the email comes from, what time of day, all the tactical elements, play with that mm. stuff. But too many times, we as entrepreneurs, as business owners, go back to the top and reinvent the strategy. The thing is, mm. the strategy will work if you just figure out the right tactics to make it work. But every time you change the strategy, you're also having to change all the tactics to no wonder you're going round and round in circles. So... Choose a strategy, stop changing it, yeah. make the strategy work and just change the tactics. It's a bit like if you imagine somebody running in a race, right? And they get halfway around and they realize they're losing. And they, rather than change what they're doing, they go, hang on a minute, I'm going to go back to the beginning again. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn around and they walk all the way back oh, to the beginning it. again. They go, right, 
Let's try hopping or, this. Or time. worse, Rob, or worse, they go and enter it. They go, I'm going to give up now. I'm going to go and do a different race. <laughs> then they still run like crap. And they're like, oh, it's, it's the race that's the problem. The race isn't the problem. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I love that. And that, that is, analogy was great. I, I think that's like a, like a nice punch in the gut. I'm not going to lie, because we were there, actually. we Like, that happened to us. You know, we started as a social media marketing that's agency. True. Uh, not knowing exactly what we do, we would like go <laughs> offer something and then go back and Google how to do it, right? And then right. We, we went to a different business and they had different problems that were like, yes, we can actually do that. So again, starting <laughs> yeah. the race all over. Um, we started a lot of races back uh, in the day. Yeah, a lot of them. And it, it has actually wasn't until we decided to focus on one mm. strategy, like you're saying, right? That things started to pick up. And I can see it. You told me that your baseline is... 365 emails, right? And I love it. That's the strategy. E daily emails. And then while you're talking about the, these tactics, changing it, I think people need to actually write this down at this point because yeah, I mean, look, it's key. People ask us, you know, I, I, we have weekly meetings with, with various people that we that we work with and stuff. And uh, I had a, a friend I was meeting today, I meet every Monday. And uh, she said, what are you doing? And I said, we're doing the same things that we always do. I've got nothing new to tell you. And that's a good, she's like, and I'm like, that's a great thing because yeah. we are still doing, uh, we're still doing our Facebook group. So we've got our Facebook group. That's one really important part of what we do. Yeah. We've got our podcast. That's an important part of what we do. We've got our email list and we've got our Twitter. We don't do anything else. Like yeah. that, people are like, what's new? I'm like, nothing. And that's a win. Yeah. I mean, why change what's working, right? And that—that's—that's that's something. Pe I don't know why people do that. More importantly, dude, why change what's not working? Mm. Because if you focus on the thing that's not working and make the damn thing work, you can make it work rather than jumping to something else that you haven't figured out yet either. Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna move from one thing you haven't figured out to something else you haven't figured out. That's yeah. a waste of time and energy and usually money too. You, yes, I haven't figured this thing out. Well, I can't move off it until I figure it out then. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love what you're saying there, Kennedy, because uh, just this morning we're on a call with a client and they're about to launch a product, right? And uh, we're like, look, we need to prove that this works organically. We need to figure out a way, a creative way to get people on it. And that way it doesn't hurt your pocket, right? So the conversation this morning, he's like, um, I spoke with this lady, you know, we went out of the way to actually chat with this lady that's a great in um, digital marketing and we're talking about Facebook ads. And I'm like, okay, do you have X amount of money to spend on Facebook ads and be okay with not getting any results because you haven't proven these, these things. So it could go either way. You could either knock it out of the park and we don't know, but you could also not get a return because we haven't proven this, right? So I think most of the time, a lot of people like focus on those problems way ahead because somebody else is doing, because somebody else told them to do it before they actually prove, you know, what's not working in this case they haven't even tried it first right because if i launch this offer or if i launch this product organically with people that i know people that i connect with my communities see if it works if it if it actually gets the results that they're gonna get you are not in the moment to start tackling different things so with that being said like what are some of the things that you guys see uh like around this topic with email like what are those things that people want to take you know hey i get it i love email this is a problem I want to tackle, but that's a problem like five years down the road. What are those things that people start doing like that? And then how do you bring them down to a reality so they can actually execute and move forward with actual results? One of the things we definitely see happen is that people think that they can't start treating their list 
like it's got a hundred thousand or a million people in it when mm. it's only got a hundred people in it. So they're, they're like, they're holding off for the, like, let's imagine they've got this five-year goal of building an arbitrary list, like, I don't know, a hundred thousand people or something. And today, right now at this very moment, they have a hundred subscribers and maybe two of them are like their parents and their brother. And that's a third one. So they've got, and then them with like three email addresses. So they've got like 94 real subscribers today, <laughs> right here and now. They'll say, oh, but in five years time, I'm going to have a hundred thousand subscribers because I'm going to work really hard and then I can start emailing them properly. And you've got to realize when those 96, 94, whatever I said, when those 94 people receive your email, those individuals don't know how many other people you've got on your list. Like they don't know that they're not the only one receiving it. Like they don't know if your list had a million people on it. So I think a lot of the time people are pushing the responsibility for doing email marketing down the road for when they've got a list that they consider to be more worthwhile emailing. Whereas actually... We're seeing more and more that the smaller the list is, the easier it is to manage. You can definitely make great income from it. We think a golden number is like, if you get 5,000 subscribers, your list never needs to be bigger than that. Like if they're the right subscribers and you clean it properly, and therefore you might have gone through 15 or 20,000 subscribers to get to those five because you're going to scrub out the ones that don't engage and all the rest of it. But if you can get to 5,000 people for most people's businesses, your list doesn't have to be any bigger than that. Once it gets bigger than that, the management of it becomes a pain. Yeah. So like people are really pushing this thing down the, down the line, this responsibility, because they're looking forward to when they have that list. Mm. Problem is if you wait until you have a big list to start emailing them, then when you do, it comes so out of the blue. (laughs) So like you're slowly nurturing this list of a hundred people and you never talk to them. And then it becomes 500 people and you never talk to them. It becomes a thousand people. You never talk to them. Eventually it's say 10,000. Let's make it more manageable. It's 10,000 people. And suddenly you email them and start selling them stuff. They all go, whoa, who's this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely going to forget they, they, they subscribe. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I've been there. I've got those emails that I'm like, how do they even got a hold of my email? And I probably signed up like totally. a few months back, right? Um, I love it. I love it. And, you know, you were talking before a little bit about helping them find their personality, right? Kind of like the word authenticity. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like a, a lot of people, I'm playing devil's advocate here, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. easy for you guys because you guys have been doing it for a while. You know, you're in the performance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, mm-hmm. what does it take? for someone to find their personality, right? To find that authenticity. What are some of the challenges that they go through to to find that? Do you know, it's amazing. Every time when, when somebody, you meet somebody and they're really cool. Like we're hanging out now, we're friends and we hang out and that's cool. Yeah. But then as soon as you get behind the keyboard, you do your telephone voice. You go, <laughs> hello, thank you for being on. Thank you, it's done, it's lovely, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And we don't know why, but we do it. We go, we suddenly turn into a novelist. We're, uh, yeah. hello, it's JK Rowling. And it's, look, you know, whatever. But, so <laughs> we all do our telephone voice very quickly, right? My, yeah. my, my wife hates, my wife hates the telephone voice. Just let me tell you. I, I asked her, like, have you listened to the show yet? Maybe like it's 50 episodes down the, no, I hate your voice. I don't want to see that ever <laughs> in my life. So thank you guys for being here. I appreciate that. So sorry, Kenny, I just had to say that. So continue. I am so sorry. I interrupted you. Yeah, yeah but it is amazing. You'll be in conversation and you're like having a chat and then you're like, hello. Yeah. You know, that's, what um, you, you suddenly, that's what happens with email. But we all do. We turn into that thing of, um, or because we're emulating or because we think that's the right way to send email. Thing is, if you can just get over the fact that there is some, that nobody has decided that's how you have to write. Nobody. 
you can use short sentences. You can write the word but and an and at the beginning of a sentence because that's mm. how people talk. What you want to really do is our aim, right, is we want people to say, I can hear your voice in my head when I read your emails. Mm. And that will be grammatically incorrect because we do not speak with good grammar. So don't try and write with good grammar. You're not writing to impress your English teacher from school. Yeah. You're not trying to do that. You're trying to write to connect with real human beings. And if we know anything about teachers, they aren't human. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that that's not what it's about. Yeah, we, we, That's about being academic. And the way you write as an academic is very different. Has a very different. It's testing something different. We're testing connectivity. The way, mm. some really good ways of doing it. First, record yourself. Get a transcription done. There's lots of free services to get a transcription. Otter is a really good one that you guys have services you guys offer where you transcribe things for your clients. Get a transcription done and then just slightly neaten it up because that's how you talk. Yeah. That's the first one. Second one that we use is we call them isms. I-S-M-S. Mm. Isms. And that is to come up with Rob-isms, Kennedy-isms to come up with different phrases that you say. So for example, you'll know if you've got an email or piece of content from me, if it has the word lovely in it, because <laughs> Rob doesn't write the word lovely. Kennedy writes the word lovely. Oh, um, okay. That's lots of different things that you can write. So I, I heard in one of the episodes that Rob loves uh, llamas and fire. Is that, is that correct? Is that one of the isms? No, maybe. Did I hear the wrong Lama's episode? Fire. The llama. <laughs> yeah, what are you listening to? <laughs> We're gonna be weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> I love it. I, I, but, but I love it. Important. It is important. And the thing is, so if, if you can find if you can find those turns of phrase, the ways that you express yourself, uh, you can do that. The other one, honestly, tell stories about stuff that's happened to you. If you tell stories about stuff that's happened to you, you have to do it in your voice. You're not reiterating just a step-by-step -step process because putting personality, putting you into something which is like, do this, then do that, is one, difficult, and two, can be distracting. And it's not, it's not always right to do that. It can move people away from what they're trying to learn. Whereas if you're doing it through a story, you can't help but go, and then he said, hey, y'all. Or whatever, you know, <laughs> if that's the southern way, yes. The other thing to pick up on this is I think people misunderstand what the word personality means. So we say mm. you want to write with personality, and people think that means be interesting and funny. That actually isn't the case. There are boring personalities, and they're perfectly acceptable because it's your personality. There are loud personalities and quiet personalities. There are funny personalities, and there yeah. are sad personalities. None of them are better than any others. Ours are quirky rather than funny, I would say. Quirky with elements of funny bits in them. Yeah. Uh, and we're quite in, we're quite good at taking everyday stories and twisting them around to talk to turn into a marketing lesson. And all of that is okay. But it doesn't mean that you have. It doesn't mean if you're not funny, you can't write with personality. You can write with a really boring personality. If if, if you are a boring person then write like a boring person. And it will be interesting to the right type of people, boring yeah. people. Yeah. Like, so it's perfectly okay to have different types of personality and just pick the one that works for you. I, I love the message that you guys are sending here through 
the email marketing vehicle, right? It's like, hey, be true to yourself. And we live in a world where everybody is put in these like little buckets, like, hey, you know, you are here, you're categorized and these are your, your characteristics, right? You have to act this way. And, and I have a story that I like totally related with what you were saying, Kennedy, like in college, like I'm a Hispanic guy, my English is not very good looking. Imagine <laughs> it on paper is horrible. So I'm in this writing class, right? And they're teaching us how to write, like, there's a way like that is maybe a way to write but it's i didn't feel comfortable so i started writing just the way that my words come out of my mouth and it was the the grades were not great and then i go to another class more advanced class and i do the same thing and the point of view of this entrepreneurial professor was like this is amazing this is you right so it's incredible right you move yourself you remove yourself from those buckets and you have to accept that that's okay that you can actually evolve and you can be yourself in different things so i think on the mindset level a lot of people are so trapped there that then they don't make the move to go to that new place so i love that the fact that you guys actually that's a four front of what you guys teach to all of your subscribers and to everybody that's in your community so thank you for that yeah i mean uh, i couldn't agree more i'm gonna you know uh back up a little bit just because i want to reference something about that telephone voice i just thought that was absolutely <laughs> amazing look about a year ago we 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 attempted to start the podcast right and and we recorded like five episodes very first episode we're gonna record this guy right here he turns on the the road bam and he starts talking and i turn and i look at him and i'm like who is this guy right here like who's this dude it's like a, a whole different voice a whole different personality and i was like where's my brother where did you go so yeah when you're talking about the telephone voice i, I just couldn't stop thinking about this yeah we it's get amazing. It. um and i honestly i think that's part of the journey for some people yeah. to try to find their own voice, right? Eventually, I think it, it comes down to confidence. You're talking the personality, right? And I think sometimes, you, for example, for me personally, I feel being repetitive in front of the camera, it has allowed me to come with confidence and finally show my personality. But the first episodes and the first 45 lives that we did, um, it was horrible. I was like, well, I'm pretty awkward here. What's up, guys? Right? And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't mind if I mess up. I want to tell you, we were the same. Like when we haven't solved this, by the way, we, you know, we're working on this too. We have not solved this. Like we struggle, like we put a new piece of material in Rob's show. So I Rob, I write Rob's show uh, with him and we put a new piece into the show and it was hypnosis show. He walks on and we're like, who the hell's that? Like you're like <laughs> in the Thunderbirds. Get off, do it again. All right. So like, yeah. This happens all the time. The first time we did our podcast, we did the same thing. We turned into Howard Stern, you know, immediately. You know, we were like, hey. <laughs> so what are like... For us... I mean, the, go ahead. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead. Sorry. The email, the email marketing show is our third podcast. And the reason it's our third podcast is because we didn't get it right on the first two. And so um, we definitely, for loads of episodes, we got off and hung up and went, who are those guys? <laughs> Like we did the same thing, but about yeah. each other. It so I mean, and it's too easy to do. Yeah, this fun we're having now, it was as if the record button on the roadcaster was the same as the comedy off button. Like they were <laughs> they were they were, they were, they were like tied together. It was like record you can only have like a switch. You can have yeah. fun 
or you can be recording a podcast, but never the twain shall meet. Yeah, and, I thought it was like, and, and I love this, guys. Like for for you listening, uh, if you are like in this journey of trying, and you could do it like in copy, you could do it in artistic ways, you could do it on a podcast. Like your personality has to come through if you are, you know, the face of that business, because yeah. people are gonna relate to you. They're gonna relate to your stories on how you talk, how you share those things. Yeah. So, and, so sorry, sorry for interrupting you here, but and that no, that no, comes sorry. <laughs> that comes up with Rob said yeah. that he's like, hey, if you have a boring personality, that's fine because you're going to relate with the right person, right? I mean, if you're struggling to put a personality that is not yours, right? You're first, you're probably like killing your creative environment, your your own creativity. You're killing it, and then you're gonna connect with probably not those that are your dream customers. So. You, at the long run, is not going to be beneficial at all. Yeah. What and what's awesome when you when you do it with your personality is you come up with analogies, you come up with metaphors and stories. Yeah. That are uniquely you and your personality. You would say like if I suddenly now start talking about an analogy which was to do with stocks and shares and and forex, I'd be like, yeah, it's about, you'd be like. What? Like that doesn't make any sense. But if I talk about something that's a little bit crazy, you'd be yeah. like, "Oh, this makes sense. He's a bit mad," and that'll be fine. So it's, everything becomes easier if you're just doing the personality thing. Yeah. And also, yeah. so does your confidence. So what's really interesting is people say you have to have confidence to have to get your personality across. Mm. What if it's the other way around? Mm. What if you could use the fact you're just being your personality and knowing actually, I'm not hiding anything. So there's nothing to be worried about because the only time to be have, to have no confidence usually is if you if you ask people why they don't want to do a presentation for example it's because what if they what if they ask me a question i don't know don't know the answer to yeah. well guess what if you're just being you there's nothing they can ask you that they can go ah and they can't catch you out they can't say what about this because you're just being you at yeah. all times so that being you will allow you to build your confidence, actually, because you can just be confident in the fact that you are just being you. Yeah. There's nothing to be more confident about. So going going off of that, um, a lot of people might argue because well, we encounter the same or a similar, you know, audience when it comes to publishing because we're like big on going live, right? And we chatted about this a long time and, you know, being in front of a camera is equivalent now or speaking in public and a lot of people have fear like a massive massive fear to do that so yes it does sound amazing and i'm sure like there's a lot of messages out there be like hey be you just be you but people are like okay i am literally like frozen i'm paralyzed of like on fear on how to do this like i don't i don't i can't do it so how do we unstuck how do we unstuck people like it could be any kind of content it could be uh it could be copy it could be video how how do you guys go about unstucking somebody from from that fear state so confidence comes from two things it comes from knowledge right mm -hmm. so it comes from the fact that you know what you're going to do and you know how you're going to do it so you know the you know what you're supposed to do i'm supposed to look at the camera i'm supposed to speak clearly i'm supposed yeah. to start off with something interesting and then lead through i know that knowledge and also have the knowledge about the thing i'm going to talk about so i've got knowledge and then it comes with I'm going to say a word, which I'm going to redefine it. So that what I mean by this, I'm going to say the word experience. But what I don't mean by experience is I'm experienced. What I mean is looking back and going, huh, I've done that three times now and I didn't die. <laughs> That's great. I did that three times and somebody said they liked it. 
So it's to do with knowledge and experience. I have the knowledge. The thing is, you can only get one of those things, 50% of that, mm. by not doing it. You can only build up knowledge. Yeah. The only time you can get more confident is by just finding something within inside of you. Maybe it's the fact that you need to share your message, or you need to help people, or you want to, or it's going to help your business, or it's going to help somebody, or whatever it is that's driving you to do it. Yeah. To get you over that first hurdle, to do it the first few times. And then you start building up those reps. You start building up the fact that I've done it three times, ten times, a hundred times now. I mean, uh, I've been on stage probably more than a thousand times, which means walking on stage... I'm actually more confident and comfortable on stage than I am in a one-to-one -one situation in a meeting. Yeah. Wow. That's true because I know what's going to happen when I'm on stage because I've decided that. Yeah. You get to decide what's, in, decide what's in your live or in your email. You get to decide. Nobody can ask you a question because you're deciding the, the content. So it's to do with the knowledge and it's to do with the experience of looking back and have you done it. And you need to just... Get yourself over that first thing. Somehow find some power inside yourself to get those reps. Wow. I, lo I love it. Um, a lot yeah. of the time you need to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. A lot of the time you need to you need to sort of reframe it in your mind. So we had a conversation with uh, a client of ours the other day who does like marketing automation in businesses. Uh, yeah. So campaigns and clever clever stuff with like Zapier and active campaign and all that stuff. Uh, who was frightened about charging. So was happy to charge money for clients to do the work but was unhappy about cl charging clients for courses on how they could do it themselves. So had made like hours and hours and hours worth of material, but hadn't crossed the threshold to selling it. And so all we had a conversation, we just reframed that in her mind and said, well, how painful is it for you to see these businesses messing up their marketing automation and getting stuff wrong and end up emailing people about stuff they shouldn't be emailing stuff about and breaking their systems and all this other stuff. And uh, she said, oh, it's horrendous. It's like the worst thing on earth. I said, great. And you're terrified of selling your course to these people. She said, yeah. I said, which one's worse? Selling your course or seeing them break their businesses and fall over and in some cases lose their businesses as a result. And suddenly everything just flipped in a switch in her head and she said, oh, crikey, I've been looking at this in completely the wrong way. So I think a lot of the time you just have to realize I watch my favorite television program like a soap opera and it's yeah. on like in the UK. There's one that's on five days a week. I watch that television program, that soap opera on, te on telly. Five, I don't, but some people do five <laughs> days a week, every week of the year yeah. and because it's entertaining and interesting. And the truth is, if you write crap emails, people aren't going to read them. Just write good emails and people will read them. But good is just your, your again, personality, whatever that is. Yeah in a way that is interesting to those people. So just you just have to reframe the fact that what you've got is valuable and good. Yeah, I, I love it, you know, kind of like that perspective. And this has been actually a, a huge topic. I, I think in this 2020, um, with coronavirus and all that stuff, when it happened, we had to switch perspective instead of seeing it as a, a challenge or something bad, right? We were like, it's an opportunity for us, right? Like we lost our biggest client And then we were like, okay, it's an opportunity. Now we have all this free time. What are we going to do with it? Guess what? We're going to launch this awesome podcast, right? And have Rob and Kennedy here and make it even, even more awesome. Um, so I, I, I love that. And, you know, when you said kind of like, I don't know, like kind of like the, the bad and good, would you say is relative for, for people? Like being bad, bad or good emails? Is it like a subjective thing? Um, or is there like a standard? So 
for example, what are you good at? So for example, um, I'm quite good at coming up with engaging posts for social media. So in our free Facebook group, I post in there at least once a day with an engaging post, right? So if anybody's a member of the group, we'll give you the details later maybe, but um, if if you're in our group, um, you'll know that every day I post something in there and it's non-formulaic. It's not like Monday is this day, Tuesday is that day, because that doesn't work, right? We tested it, that doesn't work. (laughs) But if you're already good at that, maybe you're good at getting engagement on LinkedIn, maybe you're great at doing Twitter, whatever you're good at doing right now, I will almost bet everything I'll bet my hairstyle, and that's a lot. To <laughs> I'll bet my, I'll bet my hair that you can transfer the skill you're really good at and make your email marketing better by using it. So, mm-hmm. people think that email marketing is about like just going, "Here's a picture of my new thing. Want to buy it?" It's not. It's about writing engaging content. It's yeah. about thinking about what's important to the audience and writing about it. It's the same as the engagement post that I put in our group that talks to our course creators and our coaches and our membership site owners. It's stuff that they really care about. It's content they are going to get benefit from to improve their businesses in email marketing in all areas of life. Talking about their struggles, that's what we talk about in our emails too. It's no different. Email marketing, look, people said, Email's dying because email's gonna die because of social media. Well, that didn't work out very well because <laughs> yeah. Facebook's currently <laughs> testing doing email marketing through your Facebook page. Wow. You're gonna see that very mm. soon. So you're gonna be able to run email email marketing campaigns through your through your Facebook page wow. through Facebook. Because they, they can't kill email marketing. Email is on your phone and it's that app which is just snuggled in between Twitter and Instagram. It's just another app on your phone. We are reading the notifications. They're popping up like anything else. Yep. It's the same transferable skill. Yeah. So you don't need to worry about what's good and what's bad. Use what you're good at. We yeah. have a saying in, in, at Response Suite and, and, and Email Marketing Heroes and everywhere, everything we do, which is stop focusing on making your dips come up and lower focus on making your peaks higher. Why focus on trying to improve the stuff you're no good at? Why not take the thing you're brilliant at and make your brilliant stuff more brilliant? Wow. Yeah, that that is extremely powerful right there because, I mean, I, I can see it, especially coming from uh, a soccer background, football. I'm going to call it football in this episode, as it should be called. Um, <laughs> but coming... Well, you used to don't you? you use your foot for football in america you don't really use your foot very much yeah there we go yeah, but, hey. yeah and i mean actually like you know like <laughs> we practice and we're like okay we're pretty good dribblers now we need to practice like shooting right and is that it comes back to the focus time right okay yes you gotta be a more complete player maybe it's, it's not the best analogy but at the end of the day you could be the very best dribbler and an okay shooter, and probably some teams are gonna look because of they need that skills. one skill, right? So I love, I, I love how you said, you know, focus on making your peaks even even higher. And something that yeah, I, I noticed you too, think, you think but, a striker, you think there's a striker running around the field going, oh, I'm not a very good goalkeeper. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's also not thinking. Oh, I'm not a very good pole vaulter. He's not thinking <laughs> any of those things. He's thinking, how do I become a better striker? That's yeah, it. Exactly. Yep, that's I, it. I, I think that also comes from the fear of that audience thinking, 
I'm I'm leaving that out and you know what like I fear what I'm missing by leaving that out and then they go try that oh, thing that FOMO, yeah. and they they dilute you know what they're really good at and then their time is completely diluted so it takes a second to like you know grab and come back and I love how you guys are grabbing your audience and bringing it down be like hey it's not as hard as you think it is here let's actually go execute let's let's you know elevate you on what you're good at and then community communicate that with your audience so i think that has a, a ton of value and like you said it can be applied to anything and email for some reason i don't understand why i come from the brick and mortar industry and those businesses are terrified of emailing their mm. audience emailing their subscribers they're like no like we email once a month and we're like wait what how like why but no they're gonna unsubscribe that is actually a good thing you might not want them as clients as, as customers in your store what percentage of your audience now is still brick and mortar what percentage would you say is still brick and mortar right now for uh, like for us Oh no, zero now. Yeah, like as clients, zero? as clients, zero. Um, as audience, is growing. I'm not sure actually. Yeah, I'm not sure who might be bigger more right now. But I'm sure like they're yeah, coming because we come from that background. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting. Like if you if you get new stock and new items in your in your store every week, because like yeah. the, the suppliers and all that sort of stuff. The only people who are going to know about that stock are the people who come into your store every week and have a walk around. On the off chance you've got something new. Most people haven't got time to do that. So if you yeah. email them and say, hey, by the way, we just put this new stuff out and here's a cool thing. Like you're getting, you're giving them that experience while serving them and saving them a bunch of exactly. time having to drive to your store and pay for parking and all the stuff that you don't want to do in order to entice them to the thing that they want. So you're doing them a disservice by not emailing them. You really are. And I think you hit I the, po- yeah, I th- you hit the point right there is about service, right? And we talk about, we talk a lot about the sales side of things where it's like, okay, if I'm adding value, like I'm actually like doing at the service, like you just said, by not selling my services to my dream client, because I know that that elevates, you know, their stuff even more. So same thing with email. Like I am not serving my people. I'm not serving my clients, the, the ones that actually feed my family, right? By not telling them what's going on. And uh, that's, I think that's uh, like a fake wall that people put up there. I don't know if, and we keep going back to the fear, right? Is it? I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Well, look, let's remember something. There is nobody who watches your stuff, reads your posts, is connected with you on anything just because they like you, apart from your friends. But not just because they've got because you happen to be attractive or it's none of that stuff. The reason they're on your email list, the reason they follow your social channel, whatever it is, the reason they listen to your podcast is because they've got a problem or they've got a hobby and they want some help with it. Mm. So by not producing the content, by not emailing them with help about the thing they've got a problem with, you are not helping them. You are help. You are making them stick and stuck and have that problem for longer. Help, please help these people faster because that's the reason they came into your world in the first place. They joined your list, your email list, because they want the solution to their biggest problem. You better sell. You better sell them that problem because they want the solution. Yeah. That's the only reason they're there. Yeah. 
On the um, on the brick and mortar front, there's a there's a shirt manufacturer in the UK who Kennedy and I both buy shirts from. They like make really high quality shirts, but they're like they're not like designer prices, but they're a good brand. Yeah, really I'm wearing great right now. Uh-huh. Thank you. This You're is- wearing one now, yeah. <laughs> Looks they also, but they've, they've branched out from shirts and now do shoes and belts and trousers and, okay. and all of that stuff. Great company, and they email with so much personality. Probably, I would guess, maybe two or three times a week. But I would read their emails 365 days a year. Whereas when the supermarket emails me, they don't write with great personality. So I just like put those emails straight in a can without reading them. New carrots. Lovely. Moving on. There's absolutely no reason why brick and mortar stores. (laughs) There's no reason why brick and mortar stores can't email every day. Exactly. And and, 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 and do it right. Thank you for that. I mean, we we talked about this last time, right? We we run this as an experiment with... uh, one business twice and then the other business the other day like people that don't email like they're not big fans and those campaigns they were amazing because it was themselves and like they were reluctant at first but at the end of the day they got massive results on their end just by sending three simple emails in one week is such a powerful tool and we just have to get over those mindset blocks that we all have uh, uh, to to go execute (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if, if you meet somebody, you go on a, on that first date with somebody, right? You go on a first date with somebody, and then they say, I'll call you next month. <laughs> How are you going to feel about that? You're trying Thank to build a relationship, and you're not yeah. going to build a very good relationship with somebody if you only date them and see them and turn up once a month. If you yeah. tell them stories about your life, about things that are important to you and important to them because you share the same world, and you do that more regularly, you can build a deeper relationship much faster and if you do it in a really sincere way, they'll really like you for it. And if you happen to also be solving their biggest problems, mm. they'll really like you for it. Yeah. So why would you not email I think I, I think there'll be people listening to this who've been married for 30 years thinking once a month doesn't sound so bad. I think <laughs> I could deal with this once a month thing. Um, I, if, I think... Listening to this, if you are worried and thinking, well, it's all right for them, but I can't email my list more often. I can't email my list more often. I have to say there's a free video that I put on Facebook. It's in our Facebook group. So if you go to robinkennedy.group, I think it's the link. But if you go there and then search around, Kennedy will tell you where it is. There's a video I did as a a, a live talking about just, I, I literally logged into my email marketing system, pulled up one contact and realized that from the day that person joined to getting them as a customer, took 12 emails. And it took 12 emails for a whole bunch of different reasons. Some bounced and all the rest of it. I've gone into detail in it in the video. But had if I decided we're only going to email the list once a month, that would have taken 12 months to make that sale full, instead yeah. of 12 days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think when you realize that, and if you go into the video, it explains it in full and why. So Amazing. it's worth checking that out. Yes. And we're going to put all the links in the description as well. So, you know, after this... Uh, Rob and Kennedy will send us all that, all that gold, so you guys can actually access it and uh, dig in and join their communities if you're into into them, which you guys should. I don't see yeah, why not. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> I, I do think email marketing should be a pillar of any strategy, yes. honestly. I mean, and I be, again, we started about five years ago, right? And since day one, I've been listening to what you said. Oh, email's about to be dead. Email's about to be dead. I honestly think they're just saying that so they can get people in their market of promoting their yep. their social yep. media yep. services, right? 100%. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the people who are saying email marketing is dead are the people selling you social media courses. Yep. And mm-hmm. That, of course, fits their agenda. But if you're building your entire business on getting a load of Instagram followers or Twitter followers or people in your Facebook group, if you're doing that, 
Well, guess what? As soon as Zuckerberg wakes up and decides yeah. he doesn't really Junk. like Facebook groups anymore, yeah. you don't have a business because he controls your reach. Yeah. Or if Twitter changed their, their algorithm, they control your reach. Who controls your reach when you have the data of email addresses and you can move between provider? Look, people have their, their Facebook accounts closed down for what seem like frivolous things. We hear about yeah. it all the time yeah. just because they're, they're a bit grumpy sometimes, right? <laughs> You can't download the data from Facebook and upload it to something else because mm -hmm. there isn't anything else. Whereas yeah. if your MailChimp account gets closed down because they, they think you've been naughty, you can download that data and you can go across and get and become friends with ActiveCampaign or Infusionsoft. You've got choices because you yeah. own the data. Why would mm -hmm. you build an entire business yep. where you are putting your entire income, your entire life livelihood, yeah. on somebody else's mood that day based on nothing that you own yourself. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, and the, the worst part is that, that that's actually happened already a few times, right? <laughs> and people just keep, keep going back. Keep going back. Um, oh, and I just want to, like, here, like, highlight you guys as well because you guys have response suite, right? And so if you guys are building a list, just go to response suite and use them. <laughs> There you go. Right. No, I mean, the plug. I mean, response suite, Love it. Like, just to be clear, like, response suite's not an email marketing platform, uh -huh. which is why Rob and I are in a really good position to talk very broadly about email marketing. And that's the reason we do is because we, we don't own one. Like, there's a lot of Love it. people who have email marketing platforms doing content, doing interviews, and they have their agenda. And that's great. Of course, they're doing yeah. that. What we have is we have a, a tool called Response Suite, which is actually a survey tool, which mm. allows you to build. Uh, questionnaires and quizzes and application forms which plug into your email marketing ah. platforms so you can do better segmentation oh. you can do better understanding people i love it i love it I, i've actually been reading lately about quizzes that they are extremely extremely useful um i don't know how how do you guys get to i'm pretty curious how do you guys get get to to response to it right rob can i talk about the response <laughs> journey yeah, so uh, this came about because we became obsessed with doing email marketing. It actually came about for a really simple reason. I wanted to survey, my, I had a list of hypnotists, people who wanted to learn to be hypnotists. And I had a bunch of training that I wanted to sell them and I didn't know who wanted what. So I said, I wanted to put together a quick survey. I actually took a course and I said, I'm going to put together a quick survey because I can see why surveys are good. And I'm going to send it out and I'm going to find out what, what they want. And I sent it out and let's imagine, I'm going to roughly make the numbers up, but let's imagine I had four trainings and I sent out the service saying, which of these four things are you interested in? And roughly, there was there was roughly a 25, 25, 25, 25% split. Like it wow. was so widespread across the four things. Yeah. But when I got this, I looked at a pie chart that was that widespread and I thought, I, I'm no better off. I'm now more confused than I would be if I hadn't <laughs> run the survey. What I know is that about a quarter of my list want all of the things I've got and I don't know who said what. Yeah. Because the survey mm. platform doesn't in any way communicate with my email platform. Yeah. So I called Kennedy and I was like, dude, I've got this survey and I don't know who's filled it out. I don't know who hasn't filled it out. <laughs> I don't know who said product A, who said product B, who said product C, who said product D. That was a complete waste of time. And so um, we just had, and I said, is there a way of doing it? And there just wasn't. Um, and so we looked around and just couldn't find a survey platform that could do what we said, but we could see why it was valid. So we spent about four years doing lots of manual work. We started, first yeah. of all, asking people for their email address as part of the survey, yeah. um, which is a slight bump in the road. It doesn't look perfect when you suddenly ask for their email address. So, but, but we got on with it. 
And then after years of manually downloading CSV files, sorting them and re-uploading them to our email platform, we realized this has made us so much more money by understanding who said what. So we said, let's mm. do a survey platform that in, let's build a survey platform that integrates with email platforms where now we don't have to ask them for their email address anymore. That can be passed invisibly in the background. So all people see wow. is they click on a link, takes them to a survey, they fill in the answers and literally it's like four clicks. Of, you've got Love four it. questions, it's four clicks. Hit one button and now all of that is segmented and tagged inside Ooh. our email platform. So that's how, that's how it came about. T talk about um, uh, yeah, being yeah. the student of the market. Uh, you know, we talked with Todd Brown and uh, we talked with Todd Brown and he was like, hey, you have to be a student of the market. And what a better way to do it through your email with response suite because is everything's automatic. Go ahead. You know exactly who likes what and then you can communicate effectively with those people. Well, Todd's a perfect example. So, so Todd's a client of ours. He uses response suite um, and he uses it in his case, he's using it as an application form. So he's able to segment people when people come into his high ticket coaching program and decide which people are suitable for it. So he wastes less time or his team wastes less time speaking to people who he can't help. He wasting their time. He's wasting less of his time. Yeah. So he's segmenting people based on their answers to, to that, to that survey, to that application form. So that's a perfect example about how, mm -hmm. Because remember, with all of email marketing, it's about relevance. If you're talking to people about mm. stuff they care about, stuff that's going to help them, then they're going to reply with those emails saying how much they like what you say. So, and the only way you can do that is by making sure they're segmented. So you do that through having application forms. Through when somebody joins your list, send them a survey which asks them which which of the main things you cover is their biggest pain point. Then tell them how you can help them with that thing. Mm -hmm. When they come to your work, you can make them join your list. You can have them join your list through a quiz. They're some of the lowest cost um, list building methods in the world right now are to send people from cold traffic through a quiz. Because not only do people love clicking things and getting engaged and talking about themselves. Oh, I'm this kind of person. Oh, I'm that kind of person. Oh, yeah, I'm really sexy. Whatever. It's, but then they get to put their email address in and find out about themselves. And because you've segmented them, because it's connected with your email platform, you can now follow up and say, hey, you said you're this kind of person, this kind of person, that kind of person. And your biggest challenge is this thing. Here's something we've got that really helps people who've got that challenge. Would you like it? Yeah. We've just removed the need for selling. None yeah, of us want to sell. None yeah. of us. Yeah, I, I actually remember. Uh, do you guys know Founder, the, the magazine? Mm -hmm. I yeah. do know that. Yeah. yeah, so I I think that was the first time that I noticed something like that in email. Um, they asked me a few questions. I answered them, and immediately I got a, um, an email back from them. Like, hey, you said this. This was your challenges. So this is the course that we're recommending for you. And I was like, oh. This is amazing. Like yeah, if they can do example. that with like, but it is amazing. But the, the the challenge is if you're not a massive organization like founder, like who've got really deep pockets, yeah, that's going to cost mm -hmm. you fifty, a hundred thousand. You know, it's going to cost you a lot, a lot of money to do that. So, yeah. and we didn't want to like have a custom thing built just for us because we're not a massive business. Like we don't do billions of dollars. We wanted to make it so that we could do it and that other people of our size and smaller yeah. and and bigger. So small businesses 
can actually do it. And also, we want to do it so you don't have to be technically minded because Rob and I are not technical. Yeah. We've got personalities. <laughs> we can we can communicate. We can understand people. But we're not technical. So if yeah. it's not drag and droppable, if you if it's not basically, hey, if you can use Canva, you can use this, then it wasn't good enough for us. So it had to be it had to be all those things. And that yeah. was the that was the challenge. That's yeah. what's taken us so long to get to this this point with it. Guys, we believe and sorry, go ahead, Rob. Just one final point. I think on Kennedy's point of relevance, when you have that much, that level of granular d- data on people and it's not hard to get, I mean, think four questions. That means that now when, when you send people testimonials and case studies, they can be testimonials and case studies about people who are just like them, not not exactly. similar to them, not have the same problems as them, but mm. exactly like them. Yeah. And all of that stuff. Becomes and we're so already solving the problem of, you know, oh, trying man. to commu- communicate with different people or the same people and or your people. Right. So from the very beginning of the show, guys, like we've like truly enjoyed and just to like wrap things so up. Powerful. I know we want to be respectful with you guys. Uh, everything has been so powerful from not knowing exactly what to do to like, you know, who should I talk to, to how should I talk to them to now the tool to actually do this with every single people. So please, if you are listening, go check the links in the description right now, connect with Rob and Kennedy, especially their, the league group is amazing. The community that they built there and that they talk about these things and many, many more things. So Pretty quick. Two questions because we have like nine minutes in the memory card. Again, Fonzie, <laughs> we got to get better at this. Anyways, two questions. Number one is like, what is a very quick actionable action point? Actionable action. Is that a thing? Okay. <laughs> a very quick action point that people can actually execute now, right? If they're starting into this thing, they want to like, I want to crush my email marketing fear. What do I do? First thing I would do is just take a quick audit of what you've currently got. So quickly look over your email list, however big or small that is, and realize that at the moment, that's a perfect size because it's what you've got. It's the perfect size for you to just crack on and have a go and try this out. Um, So I think a quick audit, just have a quick look and see, when was the last time I emailed? Was it ages ago? Will these people have forgotten who I am? What do I need to say in the next piece of communication that goes out in order for them to understand and sort of bridge from where they are right now, which may be forgotten who you are. It may be that they hear from you once a month right now and you want to step that up to be once a week or three times a week or every day or whatever uh, but just step that up a little bit and then just write a small short communication that goes out to them and says look i've been a bit rubbish um you can use your own word there i've been a bit rubbish <laughs> and I, i'm gonna do better I, this is what i want to serve you with and i'm gonna do it more often if that sounds cool great hang around if it doesn't sound cool go and unsubscribe there's a link at the bottom that's fine too love it um and just sort of warm those people up a little bit again yeah. yeah and you can get more ideas from this like if you want to join our this is a free facebook group just go to rob and kennedy dot group and we share ideas in there literally every day that are encouraging inspiring help you come over overcome that stuff and also what to do so you're, you're very very welcome to join us there that's awesome i know i'll be joining you guys for uh, sure that is for sure um i'm actually embarrassed that i haven't joined yet i'm, I'm sorry about that and the other thing i want to for you <laughs> and the other thing i wanted to add is i'm gonna have to go live in the uk because man i want an accent like that <laughs> and i want to learn all those like cool words that you guys use that is so so much fun <laughs> guys we obviously with the show we wanna like we I got to stop saying motivating because lately we haven't been uh, liking the motivating side of things because people don't execute when they're motivating, being motivated. It's like we want to push people to execution through the show, 
right? So we want to ask you guys a question. You guys are obviously still learning like everybody is. You guys have been running successful businesses. You guys are performers. You guys communicate very well with your audience and your group. Where would you be without publishing? Where would we be without publishing? I would be invisible. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to be seen by anybody. I would just be invisible. Like, and I also would be completely unsatisfied. As an artist, you art only exists when you share it. So if you have a gift or an art, it doesn't exist until you share it. Look, the way that I re figure out what people are thinking is only actually mind reading when somebody else sees it because I know the process that's going on in my head. So before art is shared, it doesn't exist. Mm. Powerful. Yeah. That's, Th thank you for sharing that. That's deep. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, in some sort, your content, your copy, your emails is a form of art that is serving your audience with a solution. 100%. So thank you. Thank you for sharing with that. How can uh, how can we find you? I know that we mentioned a couple of times in the show. How can people connect with you uh, if they want to find out more? Okay, if yeah. you like podcasts, which I think you probably do, you can listen to Rob and I talk about email marketing and how to get unstuck with it, how to take it up to that next level, make sales by being really nice to people and prove by because we prove that email marketing is not a numbers game. Yeah. You can listen to our podcast. It's called The Email Marketing Show, which you'll find at theemailmarketingshow.com or you'll find it on Spotify and Apple, whatever it's called this week and everywhere else. <laughs> Their uh, intro like is amazing. <laughs> we love the intro, by the way. Yeah. We're like, we need to like do something like that too. <laughs> <laughs> it has the most annoying theme tune you've ever heard. Um, we hear that people um, who listen to the email marketing show write to us and say, I can't get that lemon song out of my head. So uh, yeah, we have a place Rob is probably the group, I think. Yeah, just come and hang out in the group. It's totally free. RobinKennedy.group. That'll forward you straight over to the Facebook group. Jump inside. If you want to get a free download, you can give us your email address on the way in, but there's no pressure. Just come and hang out. Awesome, guys. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Don't leave. We have two minutes with you guys after we uh, turn the recording off. We want to say a big thank you. And for those listening, guys, thank you so much for uh, staying with us. And go ahead and subscribe to the Contents Profit podcast and everything that Robin Kennedy just said. Follow us on social media, Roscoe. That's right, guys. And if you found this episode impactful, which I am sure you did, it was absolutely amazing. Please don't forget to share it and leave a five-star review. See ya.